Hi, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to the King's Place podcast. Hailing from one of the most famous music families in Nashville is a mixed blessing, but one that Holly Williams, granddaughter of Hank Williams Sr., takes in her stride, alongside other of life's great adventures. Her new album, The Highway, is her best yet and features contributions from the likes of Jacob Dylan, Jackson Brown, Gwyneth Paltrow and maybe, most importantly, her husband. I caught up with her on the road. Okay, I thought I would start by sort of asking, um, are you looking forward to the London show? Uh, yes, I'm thrilled to come to London. I haven't been there since. Well, I haven't done a whole row of shows since spring of 2010. I did one show there in June of last year. And um, it's always great. The, the fans are just really passionate and, you know, into the, the songwriting and stories and have been really supportive every time I've come there. So I can't wait to get back. Why are you drinking like the night is young? Yeah, why are you drinking like the night is young? Kids are in the bed and the day is long done. So why are you drinking like the night is young? Why are you screaming? This is based around your new album, The Highway. The first one that you've you've done everything yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, I was on major two major labels, and I didn't, I didn't really hate the majors or anything. I had a really good label president, but. It just got to the point where my music doesn't really fit in any kind of mainstream country category. It's much more Americana. I mean, along the lines of Ryan Adams, Fenrir Montaigne. So it just seemed like it worked for me to try it on my own this time and, you know, get the musicians I wanted to work with and producers and do all the A&R myself and, and kind of put it together. And it was definitely the most nerve-wracking and, and the hardest work I've ever done on the record, but it, it sold the most and has definitely been the most successful. So that's great news. I, th- I think I read on your website you claimed a few times on Twitter that it was finished, but you found that there's a few more hurdles to, to go through. Yeah, definitely. We, we went in kind of naively going, we'll finish this in three weeks, and it was nine months later. But, you know, I kept writing songs that I liked better than one that we had already recorded. And we just had, I was doing a lot of shows at the same time, which is not smart. I'll never be doing that again, kind of mixing, touring, and recording. And uh, and then just trying to, every decision on my own, and, and okay, which songs fit, and which keys are we doing, and I just kind of went in without much pre-production and everything, so next time I'll definitely have everything a little more planned out, but it, it worked out well. I ended up writing songs, so I'm like, ditch that one, let's put this one on, just writing better things. Out there on the highway, out there on the open road, ooh, baby, will you roll with me, roll with me, head down to New Orleans, I should be wearing out the black top, out there with the boat. Well, what's the relationship between you writing your albums and then then going on the road or, or performing live? I mean, does one mean that you could do the other? You know, for me, it's a, I like to have a time of writing and a time of going on the road. With the road is, you know, all day in a car and usually a few interviews and sound check and show. And it's not really a creative freedom space in the head. So for me, writing is definitely when I'm home off the road, you know, I've got my piano and guitars at home. Or if I take a trip to, you know, a friend's lake house or something just to kind of get away and write. And then the road is just focused on touring for me and, you know, coming up with set lists and rehearsing new songs. So I really like to do them separately. I am going to hang out in London for a week before my show, so I hope to get in some, some writing time there. I wanted to talk about home, actually. I mean, there's many singers from Nashville. What was it like for you? I mean, I presume it's not this idealised paradise where everyone's a musician and you're all singing all the time. You know, it's not. No, no, no. I mean, not not, not at all. I didn't grow up uh, even in the music business at all. I didn't go to my first award show until I was 24. I went to maybe five or six of my dad's shows when I was young. Um, 
never really was around any other singers or musicians. When he was home, it was about hunting and fishing. It was not about singing or playing guitar at all. So I really came into it on my own. I was writing lyrics at a really young age and just fell in love with the songwriting process and started doing shows around the age of um, 20 when I got out of high school and taking every show I could get and driving my car all over the country, opening for any band I could get to open for. So when I'm home now, it's, it's kind of my vacation time away from music. You know, I also have two stores, a home store and a clothing store. So that kind of is nice for me to separate my brain a little bit and get focused on business stuff and go back to writing. And I'm not saying that, you know, we've got a lot of friends in the in the music business. It's a nice, you know, we hang out with certain musician friends, but usually we don't bring guitars. We have to do that for our profession, so we bring good wine and food instead. Because you're the only one who makes me, the only one who makes me happy. Where, where do you think these songs come from then? I mean, maybe talking more, more about the, the new album. Uh, you know, it was just a lot of experience, I think, before I made this record. I went through a lot of life changes and got married, and it's taken um, almost three years off between uh, the label and putting out this one. You know, I had the horrible car accident in 07 with my sister, which was a kind of big hold on a lot of stuff, and she was still going through some surgeries. So this was just after years of, of touring and being on the road and working with different managers and labels and new experiences. I just felt like I had a lot more to write about. It definitely felt like my coming-of-age record and the most honest songwriting I lost my grandparents in the middle of the two album cycles, and I was very close to them and really inspired by being with them so much in Louisiana and the song Gone Away From Me and Waiting on June was written about them. And just it just felt like I had so much more to write about than on the first two records and, and uh, other struggles and other you know good and bad things to write about. It definitely felt like my most you know mature album. I grew up in a town with one red light how that train would rattle me in the middle of the night but i slept like a baby in that bed cause mama kept me warm and she kept me fed I think you, you wrote, it was like starting again. I, it does feel like my first record in many ways. And there's still songs I love from the first two and then I'll play. But this just feels like, okay, it took me a while to get here. And I'm so comfortable now as a songwriter and so much more comfortable as a player and singer. And that's coming to my voice so much more. So it definitely feels like my first album. Um, I wanted to talk about the songwriting on the album. You've collaborated with a whole host of, of people, in, including your husband. Yes. He is just brought tempo to my life. He, he, well, you know, now he plays guitar and keyboards and all kind of stuff with the Kings of Leon. But before that, he was a drummer um, and just, you know, wrote things from a place musically that I would never go to. And I would come in and hear these music things and write lyrics over it and everything. So it definitely was a great time just to have him with his drum kit in the house and kind of explore a little bit. And then other than that, it was mostly friends of mine. You know, Sarah Buxton and I wrote the song A Good Man Together. Lori McKenna has been a friend of mine for years for uh, Without You. I think those were my only co-writers. I think I did seven on my own and then, and then four or five with friends and, and Chris. So it's nice. I always do that. I've never really been the type to follow the national rules of going to the office and writing songs with strangers. But if it's, you know, friends and family that I, I really trust writing with, and I love doing that. The idea of collaboration, what do you get out of it? And maybe what do they get out of it? Not my favorite thing. I want to write it all myself. And not because I don't think co-writing's not great. Obviously, we have McCartney Lennon, you know, Elton and Bernie. The list goes on. 
but for me, the songs are usually so personal that I feel like sometimes they can only come from me. But every now and again, you get stuck on a melody, you get stuck on a lyric, and you're just like, I cannot finish this, I need help. That's what happened with Without You. I had all the verses for about a year, and just could not get past it. I just kept hitting a wall. So, you know, you find people that you love their sense of melody and, and lyrics and writing, and uh, maybe they can help you get break down the wall. Packing up to sing my songs All these towns been in one I'm somewhere in Madrid I got here on crowded trains With old guitars and a famous name Running like a kid Running like a kid Is there also that idea of a conversation as well? Yeah, sometimes that, you know, I know that for a lot of friends, it's just like they meet up and talk about their day and then kind of, you know, get, get in that zone. Um, usually for me, we, we either come, like uh, me or a friend of mine will come with like, say, here's that song I've been working on, you know, kind of thing. Do the lyrics ever get too personal or do you abandon songs or, or do you work at them until they're finished? My best songs, I feel like, you know, Waiting on June was about a 30-minute song, saying the drinking, those are some of my favorites. So I'll definitely, if it feels like it's too much work and too hard and it's just not working, then I'll abandon it. But definitely, you know, very personal songs. I mean, some of these on my album, I can't, they're about certain family members who have no idea it's about them. I can't say it cause it's a very touchy subject, whether it's addiction issues or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. So there's a lot of things that are very personal, but that's what I love about my favorite writers. Like, you know, Tom Waits or Neil Young or Dylan are these very personal stories that they put out, Jackson Brown, and, you know, Elliot Smith from people. And so I just want to kind of follow that road. Without you So I moved out west where the starlets play on the boulevards of West LA. As I'm speaking to you now, you you have escaped on the road, and at, at least in that, for that from that point of view, you do get some time on your own. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I told my mom last night we're doing a show with Old Crow Medicine Show tonight in Alabama, and I said this feels like a vacation. My husband left for Europe yesterday for the Kings tour, and you know, I've got a show tonight, and so yeah, for me, it's funny because the road is like my vacation time because home is is very busy and. You know, we're expecting our first baby in October, and that's going to be even busier. So, you know, it definitely is my vacation now. Uh, tell me tell me a little bit more about uh, the album in the sense of, we talked about the, the songwriting collaborators, but the, the musical collaborators, again, you brought in people you know and you've, you've got some history with. Yeah, that kind of came um, literally out of nowhere. It was never planned to have any kind of special guest. I think the first person was Gwyneth. Um, she's been a friend of mine for a while, and... She has a really beautiful, high part harmony voice, and we would always sing just hanging out at the house, you know, waiting on June, and she loved it, so I asked her to do it, and we kind of threw that together, and then my producer said, who's your all-time duet person? I said, Jackson Brown would be a dream, and I sent them an email on Saturday the Blue, you know, my name's Holly, here's what I'm doing, and they wrote back and said he loves your songwriting, and he'd love to do this. That was just a miracle for me. I was, I was thrilled. And the other two were at the very end of the album. I produced two males on these two different songs. He had the idea for Jacob. He said, I want a really raspy voice called Jacob Dylan. You know, I've known him for a while. And then Dirk, who's a friend of mine, and we needed the same thing, like a really kind of country bluegrass-type harmony voice. So Dirk added that part. So it was kind of like Holly and Friends. You know, it definitely came up very um, unexpectedly, and, and I was hoping that it wouldn't take away from, from the album or look like, hey, this is an all-star cast, you know, but I think it was... I hope that they were all mixed in a, a nice way where it's just, you know, about the voices blending together. I'm still the talk of this town, I'm still the roll of their dice. I found me a lover in a whore housewife. Jean- 
when you're bringing this album to London live, I mean, who, who are you bringing along? So for this, it'll be a trio. It'll be myself and um, an upright electric bass player, a girl singing third part harmony, and a, a great um, acoustic guitar player, Anderson. So it's a um, three-piece trio. And we may have, in London, um, actually in London, my husband will be, they have a night off with the Kings, so he will be playing with me in London, which I'm thrilled about. And I may have a steel player for any place with Billy Bragg over there in London to come out for that night and play. So it's a very, you know, kind of um, acoustic-based songwriter show, a lot of storytelling and foot stomping and, and it's a good time. And, and, and the idea of a show is obviously something, you know, you've, you've spent many years practicing and, and refining. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I haven't been there in, in forever. So the nice thing is that I've done about 130 shows in the U.S. in the last year. So now we know I'm like the back of our hand. It's nice to be able to come over there with these season songs and performances that we've played a hundred times and have figured out, you know, where we're going to do in this part and, and what we're going to do for this breakdown verse and, and, you know, cover songs and all those things that we're going to do. Is there a song on the album that you particularly enjoy performing live at the moment? One, one that you could just tell us a little bit more about? You know, I think um, it's, it's not necessarily a performance. I mean, from a performance standpoint, Railroads is a lot of fun. My husband brings his stomp box and, Feet. We have all the harmonies and tambourines, and that's kind of a, a fun up tempo one. But uh, personally, it would be Waiting on June, which is the story of my grandparents. Um, that song is by far the number one most requested at concerts, the number one thing that people are talking about and yelling out. And, you know, who thought a seven minute folk song about my grandparents would end up being the, the fan favorite? But um, I think that. You know, I tell the story before I sing it, and it's it's usually a two-piece, two people uh, performing it, and very, very broken down, very raw, and just pure storytelling. You know, it, it's, that's just all the song is. So I always look forward to that one. I mean, I, I it's my kind of tribute to my grandparents, and, and uh, people seem to really, um, you know, connect with that. Waiting on you I hope that she says yes Waiting on you her faded summer dress waiting on June Her daddy shook my hand And she lit up the moment I pulled out that silver band Waiting on June and, and do you enjoy meeting people after the show? Are you there on the merch desk? Oh yeah, every night no matter where I am. That's my favourite, I mean that's my favourite part. You know, I want to know, you know, what people are loving and it's been really informative for me to figure out that what people are loving from this album is not you know, these na- all these Nashville rules, and, you know, I'm not really a country artist, but I just hear these rules that you have to have tempo and you have to have this. And honestly, people care about songs that gone away from me and waiting on tune and drinking and the real songwriter songs. So it, you know, gives me confidence as a writer to go, I'm going to keep writing whatever I want. If it's a six-minute folk song, if it's not, you know, just keep trying to be as, as honest as I can in my writing and hopefully they'll relate. And uh, I love meeting the fans after, you know, meeting the fans that tweet you all the time from London and then you get to meet them. So I'm... I'm there every night till the last person leaves. Holly Williams performs The Highway in an exclusive London show in Hall 1 on Monday the 23rd of June. I'm Ben Eshmaid and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about this event and ticket links, please visit kingsplace.co.uk. Thanks for listening.